Thank you for listening to a podcast of Rock Church. For more information on sermons and events, connect with us online at rockchurchnow.com or search Rock Church Now in the App Store. Well, I want to welcome everybody to our baptism bash. One of, this is one of my highlights every year. We do it at least two or three times a year, and it is a highlight for me. I want you to know that Christianity is a battle, and the baptism is our victory. I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? It is a battle, it is a war, and when people get water baptized, it makes the battle worth it. Are you hearing me? This is the day where, where it just makes the, the fight of our faith really worth it. And we talked about last week where Rock Church dreams of a place, right, where, we, where we, we proclaim and we practice Christ's message. We got into that pretty thick last week. I thought Lori did a really good job in that video as she began to share a little bit of what it means to not only proclaim, but also to, to practice Christ's message. And what we did last week, guys, is we, we got into uh, kind of defining Christ's message, maybe describing it a little bit. Not easy, because he said a lot of powerful things. Amen to that? And we kind of narrowed it down to about, about, about 10 different things that kind of summarized the message that Jesus had. And the reason why we, we feel like it's so important that Rock Church dreams about proclaiming and practicing Christ's message is there's a lot of mixed messages out there. And we don't want that to be a part of a Rock Church. Amen? We're not into mixing faiths. We're not into blending, blending beliefs. I'm all for blending cultures. I'm all for mixing foods like we talked about last week. But we don't mix faith. We proclaim the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? We're not going to mix things to, to, to water things down in any way, shape, or form. So last week we really got into it. Uh, I, I, I got to backtrack a little bit and bring you back to reality because I need to talk to some of you young Detroit Lions fans. Okay, probably should do an altar call right now for you guys. Uh, I've been talking to a lot of young Lions fans. You know, you can always tell how young a Lion fan is by their optimists, right? They always come up to you in July and August and maybe early September and they say, this is the year, right? How many know when they say this is the year, that's a good indicator that they're under 30 years old? You know what I mean? Because we know it's not the year. As you get older, you, you, you realize it. And if you don't believe me, well, watch this video. Just so you know, if you're not a football fan, that was a 66-yard field goal, the longest kick in NFL history beat our Detroit Lions last Sunday. All right? All I'm trying to get you to see is the Lions Lions will mess you up. You don't get to make up a team and act like they're they're good because it's going to be. You're probably not going to see that until heaven if the lions even get there. I'm just saying. And let me tell you something about Jesus. You don't get to make up a Jesus that fits you. 
I think a lot of people try to make up a Jesus that kind of uh, fits them, you know? And they, they, they got this Jesus in their mind that, that you know, uh, they make up their own narrative or they make up their own opinions. They got their own morality. They might have their own beliefs, all right? They might even have their, their own behaviors that they believe, right? And they try to make up a Jesus that fits their beliefs and their behaviors. And you don't get to make up a Detroit Lion team that fits you. And you don't get to make up a Jesus that fits you. There is a real Jesus Christ, and he had a lot of things to say, and he had a very powerful message, and we're going to talk about that again today towards the end of this message. We want to make sure that when you leave here today that you know the message of Jesus Christ, because we can't make up a Jesus that fits us. Christ has a message that fixes us. That's what his message does. It sets us straight, and it forgives us. Now, what I want to talk about real quick today is I want to define uh, what it means to proclaim Christ's message and what it means to practice Christ's message. When the Bible says to proclaim the gospel or Christ's message, what does that word mean? And when the Bible says to practice Christ's message, what does he mean by practicing? So number one, we're going to talk about proclaim, proclaiming Christ's message. That word in the original Greek means to preach. It means to announce, it means to herald, all right? And it actually means, it means to announce, to herald, or to preach divine truth. So it's not just open your mouth and say whatever you want. When the Bible talks about proclaiming, it's talking about proclaiming the truth. Now in old time uh, America, there would be these heralds. A lot of newspapers are called you know, the Chicago Herald or the New York Herald because in old-time America, they would have young, young boys, generally speaking, and they would stand on the street corner and they were called heralds, all right? And what they would do is they would herald the news and they would say things like, extra, extra, read all about it, you know? And, and people would listen. How many remember when you used to hear the news and you actually believed it, you know what I'm saying? You know, now you, you hear the news and you're like, I don't even know if it's true anymore. You know, when I was a kid and I watched the news, for the most part, I was pretty confident that what I was hearing was the truth. What they were heralding, I thought was the truth. Today, I kind of question that just a little bit. Who's with me? Right? And here's the thing, guys. We have the greatest message ever to herald. Right? We got the greatest message ever to share. We should be announcing the greatest message ever. It is the message of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot be what? We cannot be holding back. Our cities need to hear the message of Christ. Our schools need to hear the message of Christ. Our nation needs to hear the message of Christ. And our nation will only hear the message of Christ if our churches preach and practice the message of Christ. So if we're waiting for the world to proclaim Christ, it's just not gonna happen because God has called his believers, his followers, his church to be the ones that proclaim. In fact, I love what the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 10. He kind of brings out that, that herald feel, right? That announcing feel, uh, 10 verse 15. Listen to Paul here. He says, and how can anyone preach or how can anyone, anyone proclaim unless they are sent? 
right? And, and if you know anything about Jesus, Jesus said that as the Father has sent me on a mission, I'm sending you, my believers, on a mission. So we've all been sent. But Paul's kind of sharing this. How can anyone preach and proclaim unless they are sent as it is written? Now check this out. How beautiful are the feet of those who what? Bring or proclaim good news. And what he's doing here is he's, he's, he's quoting the prophet Isaiah. Because in old time, Bible times, news was brought only by foot. And let me tell you something about people's feet some two, 3,000 years ago. They were filthy. They were nasty. They were diseased. They were scarred. And yes, you better believe they were smelly. Right? Uh, people's feet were all that. Yet notice what Paul says here. He says, how what? How beautiful are the feet. It's interesting because I've very seldom seen too many beautiful feet. Now, I joked in the first service, even though it's true, my wife has some of the most beautiful feet I have ever seen. She's got these gorgeous feet. And I keep telling her, go be a, a, a shoe model, be, be a model for, for shoes, dress shoes, tennis shoes, something, because she's got these beautiful feet. But I've not seen too many beautiful feet, and I want you to know I want to have some beautiful feet. So if you're out there and you're like, my feet are not beautiful, they are filled with bunions, I want you to know that God can even make your feet that are full of bunions beautiful. You're like, well, how do I get beautiful feet? You got to proclaim the good news. People that proclaim the good news, the Bible says they have beautiful feet. They are the people that are taking the message of Jesus Christ into their city, into their schools, into their workplace. I'm not asking you to be obnoxious. I'm not asking you to be rude, but I am asking you to take the good news wherever you go. Someone say amen to that. It's kind of what we're talking about here. It's proclaiming the good news. Now listen to what Jesus told his followers when it comes to proclaiming his message. Matthew 24, 14, he said to proclaim the good news, proclaim the gospel until he returns. Last time I checked, Jesus hadn't returned yet, so we are still called to proclaim the good news. Mark 16, 15, Jesus told us to preach or proclaim the good news, the gospel to the whole world and to all creation. Don't size people up and go, I'd love to share Christ's message with this person and this person, but not that guy because he'll never receive it. Jesus clearly says that to proclaim his message to all the world and to all creation. Luke 24, 47, the Bible says that repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached, will be proclaimed in Christ's name. So all throughout the New Testament, you see this challenge, this encouragement to Christ's followers to proclaim Christ's message. And today, there's many ways. Radio is proclaiming Christ's message. TV can proclaim Christ's message. Your smartphone can, can proclaim Christ's message. Social media is a great way to proclaim Christ's message. And I want to encourage you to those of you that are involved in, on social media in any way, shape, or form, be sure that you are sharing Christ's message. Amen? 
I don't know if you're out there and you're sick and tired of bad news and sad news. If you are, stop sharing so much sad news and stop sharing so much bad news and start sharing the good news, especially on social media. I mean, I'm coveted out, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to hear any more about vaccines and masks. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, all that stuff is sad news and bad news. And I want to spend my time as I talk to people talking about proclaiming Christ's good news. And when it's time to post, I want to post things that are about Christ's good news. Amen? Now, I'm not saying that all your posts have to be about Jesus, but surely you should be okay with Jesus reading all your posts. Because he is. It's not like when we post something that Jesus, it doesn't have some kind of ability to see what we post. So if we're posting stuff that's inappropriate, I want you to know that Jesus can see it, right? All things were created by Jesus and for Jesus, the scripture says. So I'm encouraging us to use that, that avenue that God has given to us to proclaim Christ's message. The other day, maybe it was last week, I think we have a picture of this on ESPN. Um, I was watching uh, the pregame show and, and I noticed in the crowd, seek Jesus with all your heart, you know, uh, uh, there was one, I got to see if I can, I can't remember it. I can't read it up there, but Jesus turns wounds into wings. thought that was pretty interesting. Seek Jesus. You know who's holding them signs up? College students. And they got an opportunity uh, nationally to proclaim any message they want with a sign, right? And, and there's a few of them that are stepping out and proclaiming the message of Jesus Christ. I just thought that was really, really powerful and really cool. I don't know about you, but I, you know, I jumped on my, my phone as quick as I could. I snapped a few shots on my TV because I wanted us to see that there are some people out there that are still proclaiming Christ's good news. And speaking of that, speaking of that, through baptism today, we have 30 plus people that are publicly proclaiming their faith in Jesus Christ. That's pretty powerful. I want you to know, there ain't no one gonna be looking at your feet, all right? We are gonna be looking at your heart. We're looking at a heart that says, you know what? I'm tired of putting faith in myself. I'm tired of putting faith in society. I am putting my faith only in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's my savior, he's my Lord, and I want this crowd and I want social media crowd to know that I am publicly proclaiming that Jesus Christ is my Lord. In fact, that's what baptism is. For the most part, it's the start of you publicly proclaiming Christ. It's the start. It's not the finish. It's not the only time you publicly proclaim Christ, but for the most part, water baptism is you publicly proclaiming to whoever's present that Jesus is your Lord and he's your savior. That's what water baptism is. Again, it's not the end all. It's not like, okay, once I publicly proclaim Jesus, I don't have to do it again. You're on a life journey to publicly proclaim Christ as well as to practice Christ's message, and that's number two. I wanna talk about practicing Christ's message. This is really interesting because I looked up the word practice in the original Greek and most times in the scripture when you see the word practice 
or Jesus challenges us to practice, he is basically saying to do. That's what the word practice means. It means to abide. It also means to agree. It means to apply, to execute. It means to band together. I really like that. It means to commit. It means to continue. And probably my favorite portion of this definition is to do without delay. So when Jesus says to put my words into practice, he's basically saying this definition right up here. And I don't know why, guys, but for some reason today, so I've kind of spiritualized a little bit, and we're gonna, call, we're gonna say doeth, all right? Because it sounds real spiritual when you say doeth, and it sounds like something Jesus would say, you know? If you just say do, ah, that just sounds a little bit self-centered, it sounds like something Jesus wouldn't want us to say. But I'm here to tell you, if you say the word doeth, all of a sudden it sounds spiritual, and for some reason people start to kind of go, okay, I'll do this, because doeth sounds a little bit more spiritual. I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter if you use the word do or doeth, we are called to practice what Christ preached. Amen? We're, we're called to do both. Um, Christ's message, guys, again, it's not just to proclaim. It's not just to speak. It's not just to herald. It is also to apply, to execute, to live, to do, and, and to do it. Now, throughout the years, I've had people come up to me, and they proclaim to me that they're like, a household plumber. I don't know if your husband has ever done that or even your wife has ever done that. But I've had people come up to me and saying, plumbing is easy, right? And they'll come up to me at church. They might see me uh, at Kroger or Myers, and they'll say, hey, pastor, I know you used to be a plumber. I've got this faucet. I've got this sink. I've got this toilet, and I'm going to fix it. Do you think I should call a plumber, or can I, can, can I just do it myself? And they'll begin to explain to me what's going on. I'm like, you better call a plumber for that one. Pastor, I got this. How many know an hour and a half later, I'm on FaceTime with them, right? They show me their leaky pipe, you know? Listen, listen, if you wanna learn how to sweat pipe, fix pipes, and I'm generalizing here, you wanna snake your toilet, you have to practice snaking your toilet. You have to practice sweating pipe. I would say the same thing about painters and carpenters, even electricians, all right? Everybody thinks they can do it, they can proclaim it, but the question is, can you do it well, and you only do it well when you practice it? You don't want me over your house doing your electrical. You know what I'm saying? Is it this way? I'm just being real with you. Why? Because I'm a horrible electrician. I haven't practiced enough with wires to know the difference. And I'm here to tell you the best way to become an amazing Christian really is to practice the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just about proclaiming. And I'm surely not trying to tell you to try I'm asking you to rely, and there's a huge difference. Don't try to be a great Christian. That's not the message of practice. Rely on the Holy Spirit to empower you to put into practice what Christ proclaimed. Don't try in your own strength. That's not what we're getting at here. But we are saying that the dream that Rock Church has isn't just to preach Christ, but also to practice Christ's message. And the reason why is because of things like Jesus had to say. In Matthew chapter 23, verse three, listen to what Jesus said. He said, 
do not do what they, talking about the Pharisees and the hypocrites, do not do what they do, for they do not what? They don't practice what they preach. They don't practice what they proclaim. Earlier in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, the, the Bible says this, actually Jesus said this. He said, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, they do them, right? They doeth, they continue, they commit to, they apply, they execute my words, right? They are like wise men who built their house on the rock. So what I don't want us to miss here is number one, this is the verse of scripture that our church is based on. When we started Rock Church 19 years ago, this was the verse of scripture that God laid on my heart. I don't want to just be a church that preaches Christ's message. We want to practice Christ's message. And, and what Jesus is getting across here is a lot of people think because they hear a message, they hear a sermon. They listen to podcasts, the list goes on and on and on. They think that they're on the rock because they listen to a message, even his message, and that was not what he was saying. He was not saying those of us who hear his message are on the rock. There's lots of people right now, guys, in America listening to messages, maybe even messages better than the one you're hearing right now, and they think they're on the rock. And Jesus was saying, listen, it's not those that hear my word that are on the rock. It is those who hear my word and put them into what? Practice. They're the ones that are on the rock. And if you read the whole chapter, chapter seven, you'll see that Jesus is like, those who hear my word and do not put them into practice, they're really on sand. They think they're on the rock. They're hearing the word every week, they're hearing the word once a month, wherever it might be, but they're not putting it into practice, they're really on sand. And when the storms of life come, the storms knock over their house because their house wasn't built on the rock. So how do I build my house on the rock, you put into practice Christ's message. And that's what Jesus was getting across in Matthew chapter seven. He's looking for people in local churches that will not only proclaim his message, but will also put his message into practice. Thank you. Again, our dream is not an either or, right? It's both. We proclaim Christ's message and we practice Christ's message. And sometimes Christians, Christ followers, sometimes us messengers of Jesus Christ, we speak and other times we shine, right? Sometimes it's a combination. Sometimes when it comes to Christ's message, we're very vocal and other times we're just very, very practical. And sometimes it's a combination of both. And sometimes we shout. I mean, you just gotta shout, you know what I'm saying? You're just excited about what Jesus is doing in you and through you, and you shout, and other times we just serve, right? We just serve, we, 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 or sometimes it's a combo, you're shouting and serving. I mean, I'm just trying to get us to see, it's, it's, it's not an either or, it's a both. Well, how do I know which one to do? You gotta talk to the Holy Spirit for wisdom and discernment, because sometimes the Holy Spirit will speak to you, and he will say, it's time for you to speak. It's time for you to shout. It's time for you to proclaim. I need you to use your mouth and share with somebody at work, somebody at school, your neighbor, 
whether it's social media or someplace, I need you to speak. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will do that. And other times the Holy Spirit will just say, you know, right now I just need you to shine. Let him see your life, right? Come on now. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will even tell you to shut up. Anybody ever get that from the Holy Spirit? You're like, I never got that from the Holy Spirit, but I get that from my wife twice a week. All right, I get it. But sometimes the Holy Spirit will just go, zip it, man. Let him see your life. You've been talking about Jesus for, for months at work, at school, and, and, and now they just wanna see you back up your proclamation by practicing what you preach, right? So it's, it, listen, not, neither one is more spiritual, it's just being obedient to what the Spirit of God is asking you to do at that time. And for those of you that are great at speaking and others of you that are great at shining, okay, I get it, but every now and then the Holy Spirit will stretch you, right? In the one area that you're not that great at, whether it's speaking or shining, he will stretch you because he calls all kinds of people to do all kinds of different things. All he wants to do is get the message of Jesus out, whether it's proclaimed or practiced, amen? All right, so... I'm gonna summarize last week real fast because I wanna catch you up about where we landed when it comes to Christ's message. What did we land on? You know, what are our top 10? Are there probably more that we left out? Yeah, you bet. But I just wanna hone in on, on, on 10 characteristics, 10 principles that Jesus proclaimed that we're called to proclaim as well as practice. And the first one was love, if you remember that. And we're not necessarily called a debate love, right? We proclaim and we practice loving God and loving people. And if you remember last week, when Jesus proclaimed love, he was talking about agape love. That's a Greek word for sacrificing or laying down our lives. So when, when Jesus challenges his believers to proclaim and practice love, he's basically saying, will you lay down your life for the cause? It's not, loving people is, does not mean you agree with all their beliefs and all their behaviors. Somebody say, amen. Loving people, according to Jesus's message, is when we're willing to lay down our lives for people and the cause of Christ. That was Christ's message on love. He also talked about grace. He modeled grace better than anyone, right? And listen, when it comes to grace, you gotta be careful because it's really easy for us to get caught up in legalism. And what I mean by legalism is we make up our man-made rules and regulations on how we get to God. I'm telling you how to get to God is through grace, grace, grace. It's through grace, grace, grace. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. You want to you wanna get from sin to righteousness is from grace, grace, grace. The only way you and I can be saved is through his grace. So quit putting on man-made regulations on how to become a Christian. Now the flip side of that, that's the legalistic side of it, is the liberal side of it. I'm not talking political liberal side of it. I'm talking biblical liberal side of it where we begin to abuse grace. Jesus' message was not to abuse grace. What do I mean by grace abuse? I mean where we willfully sin and just say, ah, that's under grace. What's the big deal? 
I'll just ask Jesus to forgive me later kind of a thing. That's an abuse of grace. But Christ message and he modeled a life of grace. You don't earn it, you don't deserve grace, so he wants you and I to proclaim grace to people who don't earn it and don't deserve it. See, that's when you really know you're practicing grace, when you begin to offer God's grace to people you know don't deserve it, because you got God's grace when you didn't deserve it, amen? You with me? Number three was truth. And I really encouraged us and challenged us to understand how so many people today are searching for something spiritual. That's why we have to be on our game when it comes to proclaiming and practicing truth. It's really important that we do that. We need to stop apologizing for saying the truth and telling the truth. I didn't ask you to have an attitude when you share the truth, but it's really important that we understand that it is okay to, to say the truth over tolerance. It is okay to have sound doctrine over pluralism. Pluralism is just basically many different ways to get to God, right? We need sound doctrine. We have to learn the truth because it is the truth that sets people free. And that was Christ's next message that we talked about. It was freedom. And I'm here to tell you guys that if you really want to proclaim freedom, practice living free. That was a good time for an amen or something. Really, if you want to proclaim freedom, you can say you're free in Christ all day long. But if you're living in bondage, if you're living you know, where, where some sin has you captive, that's not freedom. I didn't say you weren't a Christian. I'm just saying that surely isn't freedom. And the best way for you and I to proclaim Christ's freedom is to practice living free. When people see that we are free, okay, it's, it helps them want what we have, which is freedom. They're not looking for perfection, but they are looking for freedom. And we're living in a generation right now where the topic of freedom is hot. People want freedom, and we have the most freeing message ever, and that is freedom in Christ. Whew. All right. Number, number five was, was repentance. And Jesus basically said, I want you to turn from your sin, turn from yourself, and turn to me. That was his message. In fact, he said a little harsher. He said to repent or perish. How many remember that from last week? He wants us to repent, to confess. That was part of, his, part of his message. And if you know anything about repentance, the apostle Paul says that our sorrow for sin leads us to repentance, which leads us to salvation and helps us to experience this thing called forgiveness. Amen? So really, what, what Jesus' message and Paul's message was that when you have sorrow for sin and you're getting ready to repent, you're really close to becoming a Christian because it's sorrow for sin. It's sorrow for breaking God's laws. It's sorrow for breaking God's heart that draws us to repentance, true confession. And when we truly confess to the Lord, that leads us to salvation, which causes us to experience this thing that we all need, it's called forgiveness. And that was also a big part of Christ's message. Let me just talk about forgiveness real quick. The water in that pool is cold. No, I don't know. <laughs> it's not nearly as cold as it used to be. 
And one of the reasons why I will not be in that pool baptizing you is because I'm old and the water's cold, all right? But I want to make something clear, guys. There's nothing like holy in the water that's going to wash your sins away. The only thing that can wash your sins away is the blood of Jesus Christ, right? Really. The only thing that can wash your sins away is the blood of Jesus Christ, right? So your forgiveness is not in a pool. It's in what Jesus Christ proclaimed, and that is that he loves you and he wants to forgive you. And when you ask him for forgiveness, you're forgiving. Water baptism is your public declaration that you've been forgiven by God the Father through God the Son. Amen? So there, it's powerful. It's a powerful experience, but it's not the water necessarily that saves you. It's the blood that saves you. And I want to make sure that we understand that. It's the blood of Jesus that, that forgives you, the blood that he shed on the cross. And I want to make sure that we, we understand that. And we're called to proclaim that. And we're called to proclaim forgiveness to those who don't look like they deserve forgiveness, just like this crowd. There ain't nobody out there that looks like they deserve to be forgiven, but somebody proclaimed to them that they could be forgiven by Jesus Christ. They answered that, they put it into practice, and now they are walking in forgiveness, amen? Same with you guys. Number seven was believe. We talked about this last week. And it's really important. I'm just going to be really short on this one. But belief is not just about believing in God. Because most statistics will tell you that 90% of Americans believe in God. Right? Uh, that means probably 10%. That's probably a little high. But maybe 10% of Americans are actually atheist or agnostic. So 90% say they believe in God. That wasn't really what Jesus was talking about. Jesus was talking about believe God. And there's a difference. So it's not just believing in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's believe him. Believe him when he says, I can forgive you. Believe him when he says, I can set you free. Believe him when he says, he says I can give you a brand new start. Believe him when he says, I can provide for you and your family. Believe him when he says, I can heal that messed up marriage. Believe him when he says, that wayward teenager, I can bring that teenager home. Are you with me, friends? It's not just believing in God. Jesus is saying, believe God. Believe him. Believe him. And there's a difference. There's a difference. Eight was his kingdom. Man, I could talk about this all day long. But remember, Christians are not called to fit in, but stand out. Well, why are we called to stand out? Because we're from another kingdom, right? This is not our home. This is not our world. We're in the world, but we're not, we're not of the world, right? We're from, an, we're from another kingdom. So what we proclaim stands out because we're from Christ's kingdom. And what we practice, it stands out. The way you practice your life, it stands out. Why does it stand out? Because you're from Christ's kingdom. You're from a different kingdom. And Jesus talked a lot about his kingdom. And he was basically saying it's way different than any society ever. He didn't preach about politics. He didn't preach about society. He preached about his kingdom, a brand new place to experience. And that was part of his message, his kingdom. 
And then it was number nine. Number nine is serve or serving. Every Christian is called to this thing called service. And price, 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 Christ proclaimed the message of serving and he practiced serving. That's what I love about God. He comes in the flesh and he challenges us to be servants, but he models it for us and he practices it for us. So when we serve, that's a great way to proclaim Christ. When we're in the trenches and we look for ways to serve Jesus, I'm telling you guys, that is a powerful way to proclaim Christ. And if you want to win a city, you ready for this? Serve a city. Really, I was at a, I'm gonna, I'll save that for two weeks. I'm not going to muck that up today. Because I was at a church yesterday and I got a chance to speak and I talked about serving. But I'm here to tell you, if you want to win a city, serve a city. I said, if you want to win a, win a city, serve a city. You said, well, shouldn't we proclaim? Yep, proclaim truth and serve a city. You want to see a city interested in what's going on uh, in, the, in the walls here, behind the, the doors here? I'll tell you right now, serve. We serve a city and we will intrigue this city to want to come in here. Amen? All right, brother. Last thing that we talked about last week was this thing called life. Christ's message was simply this. He himself, he alone is life. You're not going to find life in anything else. You tried to find life in drugs, how'd that work out for you? Others of you tried to find life in your career and you're really disappointed. Some of you are really, really popular and you're like, isn't it going to help me to experience life? Nope, there's no life in popularity or prestige or power or position. Life is in Christ and in Christ alone. And that was his message. And ultimately his message was, I want to give you eternal life, but I don't want to have to wait to eternity to experience life when I can experience life right now when I receive the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? That was his message. Guys, that, that is to become a local church that has a reputation for proclaiming the pure gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ as well as practicing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our dream. You say, why is it a dream? Because I haven't seen too many churches fulfill that, just saying. We do not want to be a church that's reputation is, eh, they do some really cool things over there, but they really don't preach the gospel. They really don't tell you the truth. They kind of lower the bar a little bit just to get people in. That is not who we want to be, amen? We want to preach the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to proclaim the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we also want to be a church that practices what we proclaim, amen? So, you baptism candidates, I'm calling you candidates, all right? You need to understand that when you get out of the water, after you wipe yourself off with that towel, all right, now you're called to put into practice the message of Jesus Christ. I'm not asking you to flesh out and try to do it on your own, but you're going in to proclaim the message and you're coming out and you're saying, now I'm gonna practice it. And like we said earlier, you're also still gonna proclaim it, amen? 
So keep that in mind. When you get out of that water, it's time to put into practice what Jesus had to say. All right, I'm gonna ask everybody to stand real quick. Gotta loosen you up a little bit. We're minutes away from dunking people, praise the Lord. There's a scripture in Acts chapter 22, verse 16, that has always really intrigued me and challenged me. And it's basically, there we go. And now, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized. It's real subtle, it's a real subtle scripture, you know. It's not very challenging at all. Look at that. And now, what? make it personal. What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. What's, what's holding you back? Well, I'm not perfect. You don't, I, no one other than Jesus himself that was baptized was, was, was perfect when they got baptized. Hello. And when you come out of the water, I want you to know you're not perfect. So when you make a mistake, tell your mom, say, the preacher said I'm not supposed to be perfect, mom. You know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> but some of us have this misconception. And I don't know what it is. What would, what would possibly hold you back from being water baptized if you're, if you're a Christian? The Bible's crystal clear, right, that, that once you become a Christian, really your next step is to be water baptized, is to publicly declare or proclaim your faith in Christ. So I say to the crowd, I'm not really saying to you guys, because I know you guys are ready to rock and roll and dive in that pool, right? I say to the crowd, what are you, what are you waiting for? I mean, if Jesus is really your Lord and he's, and he's your Savior, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Just get up and be baptized. I say, what do I do? Well, we'll start over here. Maybe you're out here and you're like, you know, I, I am a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I've never publicly declared it. And I think today is the day that I'm gonna publicly declare it. Now understand this, I'm taking all your excuses away. We got shorts, come on now. We got you a t-shirt, all right? So you can't say, I, I would do it, but I don't have a change of clothes. Well, we got, we got a change of clothes for you, all right? And they're not like my shorts or Pastor Steve's shorts from the 1980s, praise the Lord. All right? We got some cool looking shorts, right? We want the shorts back, but the shirt you can keep, all right? So we're just, we're, we're just asking, what are you waiting for? If you've given your life to Jesus, it's, it's time to publicly declare it. So I'll start on this side. It's hard to see, it's a little dark, but by raising your hand, you're just saying, you know what? I didn't plan on getting baptized today, but today I'm gonna. Anybody over in this area? We usually get a few people like, you know what? I'm ready. Anybody over here? It's kind of hard to see. I got a hand over there, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Woo! All right, there's a guy in the way back, his name is Brian, he's got a flashlight or something back there. Go see him, he's got you a brand new shirt, some shorts, let's give it up for her, woo! Awesome. You believe Christ's message, love, grace, forgiveness, truth. He's your Lord and he's your savior, but you've never really publicly declared that yet. Anybody over here? Anybody over here want to join her by saying, you know what, I'm spontaneously, I want to get baptized today and I didn't even realize it. Anybody, how about in the middle? It's kind of hard to see a little bit. We got one down at the end? Hallelujah, all right. I can't see, praise the Lord. Woo! 
I'm just fishing, all right? Same thing, dude. In the back, there's a guy named Brian. He will hook you up, shorts, shirt. You're gonna come back changed, praise the Lord. Anybody in the middle? Anybody in the middle here? That concludes this week's podcast. To stay up to date with all things Rock Church, you can find us on Facebook and on Instagram as Rock Church MI.